And we're back with vaccine researcher, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. We were talking about the importance of the second dose and just how much more protection it gives. By the way, do you know why it affects some people differently than others? Why this second dose is hitting some really hard that they need even a couple of days off work and others are like, well, I, I didn't really feel anything. It depends on the vaccine, actually. So if you're talking about AstraZeneca, and this is so interesting and we don't even understand why this is. Dose one is harder than dose two. Side effects with dose two of AstraZeneca tend to be far less. It's the messenger RNA vaccines, both Pfizer and Moderna, that dose two tends to give what somewhat higher reactions to. We think it has to relate to priming the body's immune system. So if somebody's had the disease, we know that is a predictor of having a worse reaction to the vaccine. Their body's immune system is already primed. We think the same is true for messenger RNA vaccines. They get the vaccine, and then when they get dose two, their body's immune system has been primed by that first dose, and they have somewhat worse reactions. But let's not overstate those reactions. They're, they're generally mild in the scheme of things. So they cause things like body aches, joint aches, muscle aches, fever, that kind of thing. But it is an important thing to keep in mind as far as the timing of the vaccine goes if somebody has something big planned. Okay, if you are feeling the effects of that uh, second dose, does it mean you're better protected, that your body is uh, reacting and your immune system is uh, reacting maybe better than somebody who's not feeling it? Great question. Actually, there is no correlation between a person having a reaction, a bad reaction or no reaction, and how much protection they have. The vaccine is as protective in both populations, whether or not they have a reaction. They still will have the very same immune response, which is to say a much stronger immune response and probably a much longer immune response. The best data we have as far as how long will that immunity last after getting that second vaccine is six months. And why do we have such short term data on this? It's simply because the vaccines haven't even been around all that long. Come to think of it, neither has the disease. The best data we have on how long immunity will last after having the natural infection is only 12 months. It probably lasts a lot longer than that in truth, but that's the kind of thing we got to keep our ear to the floor to know for sure. Okay, as more and more of us get that to second dose and we become fully vaccinated, there's a lot of questions, Dr. Gorfinkel, as to uh, what is then allowed, what's not allowed. Do you still have to wear a, a face mask uh, wherever you go? Do we really need a set of guidelines? Are you surprised we haven't had a set of guidelines yet from the government when it comes to the do's and don'ts for the fully vaccinated? I'm going to try to stand in their shoes for just like five minutes. And they're tough shoes to stand in, as you can well imagine. The problem is there is no one size fits all. What is Canada? Canada's the Yukon. Canada's Toronto. Canada's Partly, you know, that part of Niagara Falls, like it's, it's Calgary, it's, it's everywhere. And there is no one size fits all. That's why they've been hesitant about, you know, that sort of a guideline. You know, can somebody who's fully vaccinated get together with someone who also is fully vaccinated? The answer is almost certainly yes. But that said, that said, 
It's can we be certain in the presence of up and coming variants like the Delta variant, which I said is practically two and a half times more transmissible? Do we even know with certainty that the vaccines prevent transmission? And it's complications like this that cause Health Canada to drag its feet on making a one size fits all proclamation about whether or not masks should be worn or not by everybody. But so what, they, what they've kind of settled on is a sort of a wait and see approach. Get enough people vaccinated. Okay, that by itself, by the way, takes two weeks from the time they get whatever dose, dose one or dose two, to have the kind of protection, to have any kind of protection. It takes time. And then on top of it, it takes time to see the effects of that in a population, on hospitalizations, on ICU and on death. All of that stuff lags behind. And that's why Ontario has said, hey, don't get so excited. We've got great numbers in vaccination, but we are going to take our time and seeing how many cases there are, how many hospitalizations and deaths. All right, moving forward, uh, once everyone has got their second dose fully vaccinated and we've got a substantial uh, part of the population fully uh, vaccinated, the next question, of course, is just how long does that last? How long does the fully uh, immunized uh, you know, last when it comes to being protected from uh, COVID and whether or not a booster shot is going to be needed somewhere down the road. Can you give us the latest? What do we know when it comes to booster shots? Booster shots are so fascinating because there's so many ways of going about it. One way is get enough people vaccinated. And if enough people were vaccinated, say we really could get to something like 90%. Guess what? It wouldn't even matter the variant because the disease would stop spreading. So that's one way. Another way is you take an existing vaccine and you give that. In fact, the National Institute of Health in the United States is trying that tact on 150 volunteers. They got them fully vaccinated. Three months later, they pop in a dose of Moderna. So that'll take time to see. And then you've got another tact. You take the existing vaccination, say Pfizer or Moderna, and you just change the recipe of the messenger RNA to better fit the new spike protein of the variant. So that's another tact. So we'll have to see because they're doing research on that as well to see if that'll be effective. And then the kind of what I call, it's not exactly go nuclear option. You make something brand new. You take the Delta variant, you kill it, you inject that, a killed or attenuated form. Hey, once we're on the topic, Jeff, would you do that? Would you accept that? Say you were fully vaccinated and I said, hey, I'm a vaccine researcher. I'm going to offer you this experimental vaccination. Would you do it? Would I take it? Uh, yeah, I'm fully. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I just want to hear, I want to hear a little vaccine hesitancy there. And I think a fair answer would have been, hey, I want to read the informed consent. I want to see what is known about it in earlier clinical trials and what the success has been. But that is one of the tacts that actually the National Institute of Health in the United States is trying. So you've got all these different paths to booster, existing vaccines, modifying previous messenger RNA vaccines, or just creating something brand new. We'll have to see which one of those actually comes to fruit. It's too early to say, but you know we'll know in months. Right, because you know I'm wondering, and I think a lot of people are. I don't know, 15 years from now, are we still needing a yearly booster shot here when it comes to uh, COVID, or is that just impossible to predict because of what you were just talking about there, Doctor Gorfinkel? That who knows what we're going to develop, uh, what even the next five years looks like. Never mind 10 or 15. 
<laughs> you know, Southern, you are just such a mind reader. Because the fact is, like, I have been so hammered by this. And so many health experts, I'm here I am a family doctor, vaccine researcher, where does it get me? I'm often wrong. And I try very, very hard to understand the data. The fact of the matter is, there's a lot of black swans. We don't know with certainty where the variants are going to take us. And when you put those uncertainties into the equation, that's why opening in stages, making sure that there's 21 days, independent of how many people are vaccinated. We've all been hammered by this in terms of how humbled we've become. Even the UK, the countries that are, that are today's darlings turn in tomorrow's, well, you fill in the blank. <laughs> They're eating the humble pie. India, for example. All right. Well, listen, I'm uh, far from a uh, mind reader, but what I am is a good listener. And I've uh, learned plenty over this uh, past year from uh, great experts with a lot of knowledge, such as yourself and Dr. Gore Fickle. Appreciate the conversation and the time as always. We'll talk again next week. Many thanks, Jeff. It's always a privilege. All right. Vaccine researcher Dr. Iris Gore Finkel with us.